0: Hey and welcome to the St Mark's Grimsby podcast. This is the first ever one. My name's Matt. And my name's Ben and we're really excited to have you
1: in this next series.
0: Yeah, thanks for, for listening in. Um, it's nice to know it's not just the two of us, Ben. It is, it's, isn't it? It's good, yeah. What are we looking at this term? Well, this term we are looking at life to the full. So what does it mean to really live the Jesus lifestyle? And today for the first podcast we are looking at the secret of true happiness. What makes us happy? Question is, what makes you happy, Ben? cake yeah actually exercise okay. makes me really happy i Gosh, love okay. exercising yeah okay yeah uh, yeah i like the cake one not so sure about the exercise um although i i have been known to run to greg's to buy cake oh, so wow. uh, there we are <laughs> there we go. yeah you can tie the two together you can yeah yeah well uh, i don't know what makes you happy at home but um there we are cake. hopefully some of this podcast might some of this podcast
1: yeah so the format of the podcast is that um We've recorded a bit of worship for you to listen to first and then Matt is gonna share his talk from Sunday with you.
0: Yeah, so you can listen in and we're just aware, particularly at the moment with uh, with the C word, which we don't like to mention because it makes everyone quite sad. Um, that for some people you just can't connect into church at the moment so hopefully this will give you uh, not only a little taster but help you feel part of the family here as the marks as well so yeah after the talk a little prayer and then you can uh, crack on with your life of course totally transformed not by what i have to say uh, but by the spirit at work in you so um just before we kick into uh into worship uh, why don't i just pray for us yeah heavenly father we just want to thank you that you are here with us wherever we are listening in to this podcast you're right here your spirit would you help us to worship you just where we are right now to be joined up in worship with the life of your church here at st mark's and with the angels in the heavenly realms so jesus we just want to praise you and glorify you and know what it means to live for you and live in your presence amen amen
1: It's the sound I love to hear, it's the sound of the Savior's robe as He walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praises he
0: Life to the full, how to find the secret of happiness. The readings from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. The Beatitudes. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek And persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, hello and welcome if you're listening in on this podcast Uh, either for the first time, or because you're connecting in. Uh, Maybe you've not been with us in person for a little while, or you're just staying away for the time being. We're really pleased that you're able to join us in this way. I don't know how you're feeling about 2022. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Maybe part of that is because 2021 wasn't really much to go by. Uh, Having said that, relaunching St Mark's last year was for us a huge milestone in the journey of revitalising a church in the heart of Grimsby and this region of northeast Lincolnshire for the people of this area and to act as a catalyst for mission so that we might make Jesus known here. So that was a good thing and there were and still are so many obstacles that could have put the brakes on but God is faithful and in just four months we've seen Jesus changing lives. Uh, As I was thinking back over this, uh, over the last four months, we've relaunched services, uh, completed an alpha course with 15 guests, had a light party, a launch party, reopened Open Church. We're regularly engaging in schools work with over 600 children. We've had our Christmas and Advent services. We've distributed love Christmas bags of kindness. And of course, that's not all. And as I think just back over the last four months, Just imagine what's possible this year. We started back in September talking about God's greater vision for a greater Grimsby and we've seen almost every Alpha guest make their way into church as they continue on their faith journey. Uh, And we, As a church, we're in quite a a special position, I think, in that we're all in a different stage of our faith journey. Uh, Some of us, some of you listening, will have been Christians for just a short while, maybe a month. For others, 30 plus years. And there are others, of course, who are not quite there yet, still on that journey. And so as we start this new year, we thought it would be good to explore how we actually start to live the lifestyle that Jesus calls us to live. Because for approximately, and I say this, approximately 1989 years since the Great Commission, people have been following the way of Jesus Christ. The Jesus lifestyle has spread across the world, across continents, countries, cities, villages. And in that time, and in distinctly different places and cultures which have changed and evolved, the way of Jesus has remained countercultural. It's remained revolutionary and groundbreaking as it's been adopted by each new generation. Not only that, where cultures have had their good moments and some pretty horrendous and evil chapters too, the way of Jesus has remained and continues to remain consistently good. It's never become outdated, never become old-fashioned or lost its deeply challenging nature. Jesus still promises us life to the full. And so for us, in 2022, in Great Grimsby, England, we're going to live the life, life to the full. And we're going to need to know how we can live in the world and yet not of the world. How can we live a distinctive life in Jesus Christ without conforming to every changing pattern of the world? Patterns which so often go against Jesus's good way of living. Well, a good place to start is with Jesus's teaching. The words of Jesus are the greatest words to have ever fallen from the lips of a human being. They are so powerful, profound, and life-changing that they are the sort of words we'd expect God to speak. In fact, these words are themselves, words that authenticate Jesus for who he said he is, a man whose identity is God. And these are words That we, the world, and our local world too, need to hear. Last Friday, I was in Sainsbury's and I went down the magazine aisle. I don't know whether you've experienced this, but one thing you often find down the magazine aisle is one or two people leaning casually on their trolleys, deeply engrossed in a magazine. You know I sort of started to notice that they've started to install Costa self-service drinks machines by the magazine aisle and I think this is the whole idea you have a coffee in one hand magazine in the other you're in a happy place all all is good and so I go down and uh, on one end of the aisle I see a lady uh, she's looking through a copy of Country Living she has this sort of tear in her eye this tear of joy marvelling at the beautiful things that lay within country living and she seems happy enough I go down the other end and I, I see another person the person who I think was most elated was this chap and he's, he's sort of leaning resting on his trolley and uh, he's reading a copy of the Angling Times And I get the impression that this guy probably comes weekly to this spot to have some time alone and to catch up on all the latest tips and tricks on how to, I don't know, reel in roach or tickle a trout or whatever they like to talk about. But aside from the people of the magazine aisle, the magazine aisle, I think, tells us something about our culture and what makes people happy. Magazines are all about lifestyle. And there are magazines devoted to to different things. Perfect homes, supercars, toned abs, extravagant crochet. And there's nothing wrong with many of these things, but it's style over content. We're more preoccupied with how things look than what's going to change our lives for the better. Jesus, Jesus is more interested not in how we look, but what's within His teaching at the Sermon on the Mount that we had in our reading just now is both a challenge, but it also offers an alternative lifestyle that leads us to life in the full. And if we receive Jesus as our Lord, Lord of our lives and our saviour, we're called to develop that lifestyle. You see, the world doesn't want to know so much whether what we believe is true, but does it work? Is it real? Does Jesus really make a difference? In our lives. Let me throw you a question, when people see your faith in Jesus do they want what you have? Let's jump in and start looking and applying some of Jesus' teaching in our lives for our everyday 24-7 lives. So we're in Matthew chapter 5 if you want to follow along we're going to focus just now on verses 1-6. to six. So we find Jesus, he's on a mountainside, uh, a prominent place perhaps in a biblical sense. May purely be that a mountainside was a very good place from which to project your voice without the use of a microphone, but mountains in the Bible are also associated with revelations from God. Perhaps the the greatest and most iconic mountain experience was was God and Moses meeting on Mount Sinai, uh, where Moses receives God's covenant with his people, the commandments. A blueprint for holy living. And so there's a sort of deep meaning, perhaps, as we read this passage from Jesus. Two, not that we're receiving the law in a sort of rules sort of way, but more like a rule of life that will accelerate us into a whole new way of living life to the full. And I think gathered around Jesus on that mountainside are two audiences, two audiences at the Sermon on the Mount, and you may associate with one or the other. The first audience, I think, is this. Jesus is teaching his disciples. They're gathered around him. They're the ones who have received Jesus. They've chosen to follow him. They know their need for Jesus. They've surrendered their old way of doing things. And they're living this life secure in the love and the grace of God. And so Jesus is teaching them now how to live. How do you do the stuff? And then you've got this sort of second group of people. And these are, I think, the people who are on the outside. They're listening in. They're not yet followers of Jesus. They're, they're following some other way, maybe a different philosophy, different religion, maybe a different rabbi. Maybe they're simply following their own way. But Jesus's words start to convict them. As they, they listen in, as they hear the words of Jesus, they feel this conviction. They start to realise their need for Jesus. They start to, to realise their need for his mercy, for his help. And so what we start to see is this inner change. Something is working in these two audience groups. And the Sermon on the Mount is really the start of working out what God has already worked in. Working out what God has already worked in. In receiving Jesus, his relentless love for us, his extravagant grace and his endless mercy and accepting our dependence on him we come to his teaching to learn how now to live out our faith this is all about accelerating to the lifestyle Jesus is calling us to so he goes up Jesus goes up on this mountain he sits down it was customary for a rabbi a Jewish leader teacher of the time to sit when they had something of supreme importance to say So Jesus sits down and we read, he began to speak. I think maybe a better and more accurate way of reading this in verse two is he opened his mouth and he opened his heart. He opens his heart to his audience, to his audiences, to to us. And he starts saying this, he says, blessed are. The Greek word for blessed is makarios and it means blessed by God or to receive God's favour. Another translation would be happy, or as I would say, maybe happy plus. Happy are those, blessed are those that. And so with Jesus' audience around him, he's about to to tell his audience, including us, the secret of happiness, the secret of being blessed, the secret of his favour. And so, you know, people are like listening in and spoiler alert, it's, it's really got nothing to do with what's found in the magazine aisle in Sainsbury's. Jesus is less concerned with what we have or what we do but is concerned with who we are and who we are becoming. Our character trumps the decor of our home, the car we drive, the rate of our weight loss or muscle gain or the size of our trout and it's our character that's going to grow as we hear and respond positively to Jesus' teaching found here at the Sermon on the Mount, commonly known as the Beatitudes. The 20th century preacher and evangelist, Billy Graham, he called these teachings the Beatitudes. He, he said they're the, the beautiful attitudes, beautiful attitudes. Ultimately, it kind of asks the question, what sort of people should we be? What is our attitude going to be as we live this lifestyle? Another question for you. When people look at at you, when they look at your faith, when they detect your attitude towards others and to life, what do you want them to see and say about you? Does your life point people to Jesus? So that's what we're going to be unpacking in the coming weeks at St Mark's. And we're going to record those just over some podcasts as well for those who are unable to join us at the moment. But we give ourselves a little something uh, to take away before them. So I'm just going to dig in a bit to verses three to six. How to find the secret of happiness. I'm just going to read that part again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I believe these four verses give us four keys to happiness. The first key is this. True happiness comes from being destitute. When I grew up as a Christian, I genuinely thought that being a Christian was about being a good person. It was just like in that Christmas carol. Christian children all must be kind, obedient, good as he. Only as I became a teenager, that became increasingly difficult. I came to realise at the age of 14 uh, that there was no way I could simply be a good Christian boy. And I hated it whenever I stepped out of line and someone would say to me, either at school or particularly my mum, I thought you were meant to be a Christian. It was just the worst thing. And I guess my true sort of conversion came when I realised that I have nothing to bring to Jesus but myself as I am. And I found myself in desperate need of him. And to accept Jesus was come to come under his way of doing life, to, to give up my way and to start doing life his way, to come under the reign of God. So when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, it's an attack on self righteousness, or simply just being a good person. If you don't feel good enough to be here, uh, maybe you're listening and thinking, "Yeah, I, yeah, I could never do that—that that Christian stuff, the Jesus stuff." If you don't feel good enough to come to Jesus, then can I just encourage you? Go all in, be destitute. Jesus says, "You will be blessed." The second key is this: true happiness comes from grieving. Now, I'm not one for regularly shedding a tear, although I must admit, the end of the latest Bond movie almost got me. Often we associate grief and mourning with loss lost in our own lives, which is a natural and God-given emotion to help us work through pain and suffering in our lives. However, when we, we follow Jesus, we come to realise that there are times to rejoice and times to weep alike, part of the normal Christian life. And what starts to happen is is God starts to break our hearts for our world for our communities and for our nation and in the scriptures Jesus uh, we find Jesus weeping for Jerusalem because they can't see or acknowledge what's happening in their midst Jesus' heart is broken for those people that community and when we see brokenness and injustice in our TVs and our news and I'm often flicking through a uh, you know news feed app I, I probably don't well, I don't weep enough at what I see. You know, one thing we can know is that when our hearts are broken, when we do start to weep more, we will be, we will be comforted. One name of the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. We find that in John fourteen sixteen, and it's why we can sometimes weep when the Holy Spirit rests on us, because we start to receive the love of God for ourselves and for others. It was about a year ago that I was praying for a very good friend of mine who I wanted to come to know Jesus and as I prayed I was overwhelmed with grief I just started weeping for them and I sensed the spirit resting on me and it led me into action to start to reach out again to them with the love of Christ and I I guess I'd like more of that I'd like God to break my heart and make me weep for Grimsby and for our community for God to break my heart in the same way, ultimately, Jesus says we're happy when we're grieving because it's a grief that drives us into the arms of God. The third key the, uh, of, of true happiness. True happiness comes from being broken. When Jesus said blessed are the meek, the original work word used for meek doesn't mean weak. It doesn't mean spineless doesn't mean feeble. It actually means gentle, considerate and unassuming. It's the opposite of arrogance and self-seeking. It means being broken, but not in the way that like a glass might be broken when dropped, but in the same way that a horse is broken in when it's tamed. With a broken horse, there is greater strength under submission. So meekness has a lot to do with strength And obedience. There are two really good examples of people who are considered meek in the Bible. The first is Moses, as he leads the people of Egypt out of slavery in Egypt. And in Numbers twelve, verse three, Moses is described as being very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. And the second is Jesus, the Saviour of the world and he says of himself and we find this in Matthew 11:29 he says learn from me for i am meek and lowly in heart jesus is meek because he submits himself not only to god but also to his parents and to the law he even submitted at his trial to pontius pilate when we're meek we are not sensitive about ourselves we're not always watching out for our own interests not always on the defensive not worrying about what others think or say of us, not easily offended. But we're strong and secure in Christ. And when we're in this position, we come to realise that what we receive is a gift from God. It's not deserved. It's, It's not deserved because we've simply been good people, because we've worked hard for it, but because it's freely given. What we receive from God is freely given. And this is both true in this life and the life to come. It is a happy way to live. And the final key is this. True happiness is being deeply dissatisfied. Jesus says that to be happy, to be blessed, is to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Truth is um, that I've never been hungry enough to really know real hunger Uh, Once, as part of a fundraiser, went on a three-day diet of rice and dal, and I was really hungry, but really more hungry for something with a bit of flavour, to be honest. And um, perhaps if you've ever found yourself uh, in a life-critical situation in need of water or food, you'll have a better idea of what it means to hunger and thirst. Well, Jesus says that this deep, deep hunger and thirst, this desperate attitude, is what we need towards Righteousness, longing to live in a right relationship with God all of the time, 24-7, to be seen as righteous by him, to want to be righteous and to see righteousness within our own society. Problem is, we can so often try and compartmentalise our lives. We sort of divvy up um, into sort of times when we are up for holy living and times when we just want to do things our own way. You know, like, God, I'll serve you in this area with my my actions, my words, my thought life. But uh, not in this area. Thank you very much. Not right now. Because we quite like dipping our toes in a different way uh, of living in our world. You know, quick kick here and there. Well, Jesus doesn't expect us to be self-righteous. But instead, he gives us a hunger and a thirst to be made righteous by him and to live completely for him all of the time, all for Jesus. And it's this all-in, 24-7 pursuit of righteousness that starts to affect what we say and what we think and what we do. And Jesus says, you will be happy because you will be filled. You will be satisfied with him when you hunger and thirst. You know, we're not to be satisfied with anything else than a righteous life. We should otherwise be dissatisfied with anything less. So I guess a question Final, well not final question, I've got a couple more for you, but how can we be truly happy? How can we be truly happy? Be destitute, grieve, be broken and dissatisfied and you will be blessed. As we go through this term, what would it look like for you to become more like Jesus? What impact would that start to have on our neighbours here in Grimsby? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing in 2022. Amongst all the fun things that we're going to be running and doing, I'm looking forward to us becoming more like Jesus so that when we meet others here in the life of the church, but more importantly, out there in our everyday lives, those people will want what we have. They'll want Jesus. Let me pray for us as we draw to a close. Lord Jesus, you know what it means to live a truly blessed and happy life. Jesus, we recognize that the life you call us to is countercultural. It's deeply, deeply challenging, but it is so transformative and attractive. Jesus, we want to be changed by you. We receive right now your love for us your abundant grace, your endless mercy. But we refuse to leave it there. We're not going to grab and run. We want to live for you. Not just today. We want to live for you tomorrow. We want to live for you in our 24-7 lives, all for Jesus. But we know we can't do it in our own strength. So we want to ask that by your Holy Spirit, you'd fill us afresh. You'd strengthen us to live the life. Would you come right now, wherever we are? Come, Holy Spirit. Fall afresh on us. Send us out. For your glory. So that others may want you. Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the St Mark's Grimsby podcast. Yeah, we would love to know what you thought of it or if there's anything else we can do to help you connect in, drop us an email, hello at stmarksgrimsby.org.uk and we look forward to catching up with you again next week for episode two. Excellent. Bye. Bye.